namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Today we are going to discuss about how to practice with great care and attention and respectfully. So what does it mean by practice respectfully? Let's take an example. Just watch your own manners and behaviors and the speed that you do when you are relating to children. And also imagine how it would be when you are relating and interacting with your friends and colleagues. And finally, think how you would be behaving when you are relating with your boss or CEO of your company. You will find that you are quite reserved conservative, and then your movements and behaviors are not abrupt, quite slow and composed. And you talk with care, not to make any mistake or not to offend. Or even to the point of so that your boss or CEO would be impressed by you. So there are three modes of manners on three different levels of people. And you act in such a way with your CEO and boss because you have respect for them. So, practice with respect means you slow down, you are more composed, your manners are very gentle and delicate. That's what it means by respect. So from there, we'll take a do a practice. Practice with respect. Show respect to your practice. And practicality, it means slow down. Everything must be slow down, slow down, slow down. Your movements and 
manners, your bending, your stretching, sitting, standing, leaning, walking, everything that you do during the retreat, everything that you do in your meditation practice must be slowed down. That means you are showing respect to the practice. Showing respect to the practice and practically practicality it means you slow down in everything that you do, that you speak, that you move. So why do we need to slow down? Why do we need to slow down? Let's say you are starting your meditation and our job is to observe the object that is arising at the present moment with precision, concurrently. That is our job. And our minds are not trained to be able to observe that way. We're just starting. Our movements are a lot faster. And if you try to observe our movements and manners, the way we always live, you will be missing a lot. In fact, you won't be hitting any object that is arising at the moment with precision. And the ability to be able to observe the object that is arising at the present moment with precision is crucial for the growth and progress of this meditation. So what do we do? We slow down, we slow down, we slow down. So all our manners and behaviors and movements, actions become extremely slow. And when it becomes slow, we are able to observe these movements, manners and behaviors with precision at the present moment. We try to put the physical actions and mental observation in concurrent manner by slowing down. How slow do we need to go? Our Teacher, great Venerable Mahasi Seyado, give us an example. One must slow down as if like a person who has a serious back injury. One who has a serious back injury, whichever way he moves, there's a pain. If he moves abruptly and suddenly, it will become worsened. So that person moves very, very gingerly. 
he would never think or do of moving. Suddenly, abruptly, quickly, but very slowly. That is the way to move. That's the instruction. And if you move that way, if you move to the left, you know. If you move to the right, you know. If you lean forward, you know. If you lean backward, you know. If you straighten up, you know. If you glance, on an object on the right side, the turning and the movement of your head and eyes, you know. That is the purpose of slowing down, to be able to know every movement, manners and behavior. So whatever that physically is happening, physical process that are taking place, the mind can observe it harmoniously and concurrently. If you speed up, you will miss a lot and you will hit one. If you are lucky, miss a lot, hit a few. Miss a lot, hit a few. And if that is the case, you would never be able to understand or experience or sense the true nature of the objects that you are observing. Objects mean both physical objects as well as mental objects. Physical phenomenon, mental phenomenon. Rupa Dhamma, Nama Dhamma. And if you cannot observe these physical and mental objects at the present moment, you will never be able to know they are true nature. Because if you are a little ahead of time before it happens, observing with expectation, you are simply expecting not in a real time. If you are a little late, you are trying to imagine or recall what it could be. It's not exactly. Only at the present moment you will be able to see, feel, sense and experience the object. So, that's why we slow down in every movement, manners and behavior. The purpose is so that we would be able to follow and observe every object that are arising at the present moment, one after the other, without any breaks, in sequence. Nothing's missed. Now you know why we need to slow down. And we slow down and we slow down so that our observation and the events are concurrently happening. That we call it 
practicing with respect because whichever, whatever, whoever we respect, we always relate with composure, with full attention, with care, nothing abrupt, nothing wild, nothing sudden. Much will give you a understanding on how to practice with respect. And now we have to practice this also with great care and great attention. Great care and great attention. We already said that what are we doing? We are observing the object that is arising at the present moment. We observe it, whatever is arising. We slow down, we observe. We slow down and we observe. So we are getting a little bit more harmonious with the process and events and your observation. But we must give great care and great attention. Now we just say, yeah, observe it at the present moment. But if you don't have that great care and great attention, you won't be able to hit the bull's eye. In other words, you won't be able to hit the object that is arising at the moment. Because these objects, whether physical or mental objects that are arising at the moment, they don't stay there, they don't hang on there for a long time. They arise and they disappear, they arise and they disappear. If you are early, they are not there yet. If you are late, they are gone. Okay. Buddha said, at his level, he is able to observe these objects arising and passing away. The moment, the period of the moment of a, an object that arise and pass away is said to be over a billion of a second. And over a billion of a second, a an object arise and disappear. In fact, mental objects is 17 times faster than the physical object in arising and passing away. Of course, we won't be able to go to that level to, that deep to understand. But still, with the ability of our mindfulness, and how mindful you can be, okay. how deeply mindful you can be, how strongly and firmly mindful you can be. Based on that continuous, consistent, deep and strong mindfulness, you will be building up concentration. 
concentrations are developed when you have a continuous and constant mindfulness. And when you have that concentration, you can see the true nature of the mind and matter. Of course, based on the power and the level of concentration. To put in a different way, the stronger your concentration becomes, the shorter the span of the moment you can observe. Let's say at the beginning, your one moment is one second. When your concentration becomes stronger, your one moment will become one-tenth of a second. And even deeper, your moment will become one-hundredth of a second and one-thousandth of a second and so on. Just to give you mathematically to understand. So, the shorter the duration of the moment you can observe, the more you can see the arising and passing away of the physical and mental phenomenon with precision, the moment of arising and the moment of passing away. So, there will be a variation or difference between one yogi to the other based on the the power of the concentration you can build, which is the effect of the continuous and constant mindfulness. So, there arises a question, how short a duration of this moment do we need to? That don't have any concern. Because the purpose of this observation is, number one, to be able to observe the object at the present moment. Number two, to see the object arise and pass away. And then the next one arise and pass away. The next one arise and pass away. Successively, one after the other. Okay, that's the purpose. So if you are seeing an object arise, pass away, another object arise, pass away, object arise, pass away, doesn't matter what the duration of the, your moment is, one hundred of a second or one thousand of a second, but you are continuously seeing, observing, sensing the passing away of the objects at the present moment one after the other. That is the key point. If you can sense it, if you can experience it, the passing away of the objects that you're observing at the present moment, continuously one after the other, you will start to understand. Ha! Huh, everything. They come and they go, they come and they go, they come and they go. Physical objects come and go, mental objects come and go, thoughts come and go, emotions come and go, pains come and go, everything comes and go. It is right under your nose, they are disappearing, 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 disappearing. 
that understanding. You have from your own direct observation, from your direct experience, an intuitive understanding, not trying to put pieces together and figuring out on not putting logic or not thinking and not reflecting. Intuitively you felt that one of the true natures of mind and matter is they simply arise and pass away instantly. That's important. That's what we want. That is the right moment, duration for you. Because once you experience that, you come to know everything just disappear. There's nothing you can hold on. There's nothing you can maintain. There's nothing, no system, no process you can control. They are naturally arising and passing away in a fleeting moment. And when you understand that, your attitude towards life changes. What does it mean by attitudes towards life? In life, we always try to control, we maintain. We try to acquire that sweet light and we try to push away and obliterate it, things that we don't like. These kind of attitudes starting to change. Your grasping on the objects become looser. You don't control and make things to happen the way you want it. Uh, on the contrary, you sink into a situation or a condition and you know how to walk with the flow to accomplish what is suitable and appropriate for that moment. That kind of attitude, without anybody telling you, without training yourself to do that way purposely, it simply happens because the understanding that you have from the practice, everything truly passed away, nothing is forever, nothing can be hold on. That experience, that insight, that wisdom automatically changes or streamlines your attitude, how you are relating with the world around you. So that is the benefit. You will face things with less trust. That's the first and foremost. Okay. So let's go back to this moment again. This moment. Okay. You are observing the object at the present moment. And this object that is arising at the present moment never exists before that moment. As it never exists before that moment, you can't imagine you can't project, you can't recall anything. 
of about that object. And also, as soon as it arises and disappears, it never is. So later you cannot try to figure out how it exists because it is gone into oblivion. Only when a set of conditions are in place, something arises. And they disappear suddenly. So it is the situations and conditions bring about a present object or present condition or present situation. A whole set of conditions bring about that. Those conditions are the cause and the object that is arising at the present moment is the effect. And you are observing that effect. That effect it arises and simply passed away. Buddha give us an example. There you are looking at the sky, a grey sky. Nothing, simply a grey sky. Can't see anything. And suddenly you heard a great thunder and saw a lightning, a flash of lightning. You must be looking at that moment. When you look at the moment, you exactly see that lightning. And then suddenly it disappears. And if you try to look at that lightning before it happens, you could never figure out. And if you try to recall how this lightning is only after the effect, you won't be able to. You could only experience, sense and know and understand at the present moment when the lightning is striking. And this lightning, it never exists before it comes to be at that present moment. It never exists. Why is that lightning arising at that moment? Because a whole set of conditions are in place. Dark, rain, clouds, okay. positive charge, Nazareth charge, electrical charges. And all these things, when they are, certain conditions are met, lightning happens. When these conditions are not met, lightning never happens. So, lightning comes out of nowhere. Lightning comes out because a certain set of conditions are in place together at that moment. Lightning never exists. But lightning happened due to a whole set of conditions that comes together at a moment. So lightning comes out of nowhere Lightning comes from unseen. And then suddenly lightning disappears. It comes out of nowhere, it disappears into nowhere. It comes out of unseen place and it disappears into the unseen place. It's all 
cause and effect, cause and effect. It's all conditions, a whole series of conditions, many sets of conditions, many variables of conditions produce a certain effect at the present moment, a certain object at the moment. So that object arises due to a set of conditions and it disappears. They come from nowhere and they disappear into nowhere. That's why you cannot truly create, you cannot truly imagine, you cannot truly reflect, you cannot truly remember whatever is happening at the present moment. For that reason, it is critically important to be able to observe whatever object that is arising at the present moment, because only then you are face to face with reality, with true existence, which lasts minute moment. But you observe and you observe and you observe. When you observe and when you go face to face with these objects again and again and again, you come to know that through nature, they are characteristics as they are, not how you want it to be, or not how you imagine, or not how a great sage told you. But it is your own verification of the natural quality of that object at that present moment. Only then you can truly know its true nature. And when you through its know true nature, you know that object as it is. That's what it means by as it is. No extra, no addition, no subtraction. Exactly as is presented and experienced by you at that moment, present moment. So, that is the reason one needs to observe with great care and great attention, great care and great attention. Why do you be very careful and attentive? Because your job is to be able to direct the mind, okay, always constantly directing your mind to the object at the present moment, directing the mind to the object at the present moment. And present moment come and gone, present moment come and gone, so you are always attentively, carefully directing the mind, directing the mind, directing the mind to the object that is arising at the moment. You are paying full attention. To pay full attention, you need great effort, great zeal. You must be diligent at all times. You must be awake at all times. Because you have to direct your mind to the present moment, the object that is arising. Constantly, constantly, constantly.
And if you can pay great attention constantly to the present moment, if you are directing the mind constantly to the present moment, you won't miss the any object. That means your mindfulness is strong, firm, constant, and continuous, one after the other. In other words, the momentum of your mindfulness becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And each moment when you are paying that kind of attention and observing the object closely without missing, at that moment, what happens is you are fixed on it for that temporary moment, totally fixed on it. If you are not fixed on it, you will miss it. As you are fixed on it, your mind is totally fixed on the object. After you have directed the mind there, your mind is fixed. That fixed moment produces concentration. That concentration is called differently, it's called kanika samadhi, momentary concentration. It's very powerful and piercing, but it only lasts a very short time, the lifespan of the object that you are observing. They come and they go. Object disappear, mindfulness on that object disappear, concentration disappear. But if your mindfulness is continuous, these concentration also become one after the other, preceding and succeeding and preceding and succeeding continuous, and they become very powerful. When they become very powerful, they can act like a tool to see through the true nature of the object, whether physical or mental. That's what it is. That's why we said one has to practice with great care and attention, so that mindfulness become continuous, concentration become powerful, and see or uncover the true nature of the object. Let's take an example. What kind of care, attention and respect need to be paid to the practice? Let's say you own a carpet 9 foot by 12 foot, silk Persian carpet, very rare collector's island, worth a quarter million dollar. But at the same time, you have a situation that you have to carry a bowl of oil, fill up to the brim, scented colored bowl of oil. But you have to carry it from this side of the carpet to the other side of the carpet. You have no choice. So, as you have no choice, you carry on. How did you manage it? Did you run? No. Do you walk briskly? No. You go 
step by step, even step by step, you go inches by inches. Automatically you slow down because you have a great love, great respect for the carpet, not to be swallowed by or destroyed by anything. So suddenly you show the great respect in what you are doing. How do you show your respect? You slow down. You move your fit, foot an inch at a time, a few inches at a time. You make sure that oil is not rocking in the bowl and spilling over. The surface is flat. No waves come in. You make sure your hands are steady. You make sure your steps are slow. Your eyes is fixed on the bowl just to gauge whether the oil is going to tip over or flow over and go inches at a time. And at that moment, you don't even think about how long it will take from this end of the carpet to the other end of the carpet. Time become irrelevant. All that relevant is you are directing the mind to one object after the other. The stillness of a bowl and study the steadiness of your hand and then the movement of your foot, the position of the body. Successively, your mind is walking like a clockwork because as it is so slow, you can follow and you can coordinate the whole thing. That's how you go to the other side of the carpet. That is a very good example of how one carry out this project with great care, attention, and respect. And this is only for this carpet that you are executing. At that moment when you're observing, you don't think about the carpet anymore. The carpet was the originally the major factor that makes you to do it. At that moment, you only care about all movements, manners, behaviors, actions, balance, coordination, so that the wild will not spill over. That's all that you care. That's all that you focus. That's all that you fix. Everything in the world, in your world, cease to exist other than that. In that manner, you practice this rising movement, falling movement, sitting, touching, lifting, pushing, dropping, leaning, bending, sitting, standing, lying down, reaching, and so on. Everything, when you're observing the stretching, only the stretching, 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 as if the oil in the bowl is still and not spilling over that kind of attention. You observe that stretching in such a way that nothing exists in your universe at that moment except stretching. When it is bending, 
the same. Nothing exists other than the bending, sitting, standing, and so on. And if you can do that way, you will truly understand all the things that are in play when you are stretching, all the things that are in play when you are bending or sitting or standing, and you will accumulate all this information. You don't have to file it. Automatically it is recording, recording, recording. Okay? We use the word noting. Are you noting? Are you noting? Which means recording, recording, noting, recording, noting, recording, every facts and information. But simply collecting, you are not trying to make sense. You are not pieces them together. You simply collect and store, collect and store, collect and store. When you have enough data, millions and millions of these bending, stretching, lifting, eating, sitting, standing, everything. When you have millions and millions of these data points, they automatically come out with a certain information, which is the common to all those things. Anything that is common to all the objects of information to come out, they come out without you synthesizing it, analyzing it, coordinating it intuitively. Just like you put data, lots and lots of data into your computer, and finally the computer figure out something and spit out a certain statement, just like that. That's what it means by you intuitively understand. These answer, these result of the true nature of mind and matter. You don't have to analyze it, synthesize it, reflect it. You don't need to use logic or reason. You collect data, but it must be collecting personally at the present moment. And when they have enough data, they will spit out an answer to you, which you say, I intuitively understand what it is. And if you want to have that kind of a answer, which we call it wisdom or binya, one must practice with great care, attention and respect. Observe in such a way that only that object exists in your universe at that moment. Nothing else exists with the exclusion of all. It comes to be. But at the same time you are not choosing, I want to see this object or I want to see that object. We just use this rising and falling movement as a default program. But there are so many objects that comes to that present moment. You observe everything with no discrimination. And only if you can observe, inclining to your mind to the cessation of the physical and mental phenomenon, and observe with great attention and care and with full respect. Then you will have the 
continuous, strong mindfulness, and then powerful concentration, which penetrates into the true nature of mind and matter, meaning you have the wisdom of this physical phenomenon and mental phenomenon. You have the wisdom or understanding of this mind and body. You start to understand what self is or what you really are. May all of you be able to practice Satipatthana Vipassana meditation with great care and attention and with respect and may you be able to achieve the wisdom of mind and matter as soon as possible. Sadhu, 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 buddhamje me, dhammamje me, Sangam Puja Me. Thank you very much.